war in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare in the flesh do not come from the light through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting out imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought of obedience of Christ. And having him readiness to prevent all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And having a readiness With that, to reading that brings us into to the scripture that we all have to share on that today. I want to kind of put the emphasis on this battle, this spiritual warfare that we're talking about and been talking about for weeks, is a battle that starts in the mind. And many of us are struggling. And have struggled through this battle because it's exactly where the enemy wants to play and where he thinks he gets a foothold on us and through it to us is in this arena. But if you hear the scriptures, he says, though we walk after flesh, we cannot war after flesh. So this war is not a fleshly war. This isn't against one another. And I think of, you know, I grew up, I don't have no problem telling people, I'm from Philadelphia. And uh, the city of Philadelphia right now doesn't seem to be the city of brotherly love. Every day, every area, someone's dying and being shot up and being killed. And our people in, in our world, we're just, they're constantly killing one another. Um, we're seeing this happen in all kinds of neighborhoods. It doesn't matter where you grew up at. It's all over the city. It's here in our city in Delaware. But this warfare is it, killing our people because we're killing one another. Through this, and that understanding. So, we made it a fleshly war, but it's a spiritual war. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so, so that, means, <clears throat> that means that this war cannot be won by willpower. You can debate it, you can talk somebody into winning. Money won't make you win the war. The weapons that people typically use when they're confronted with conflict are not the same things that we need to use uh, to defeat this enemy. And for those weapons of the warfare are not covered, mighty with casting down imagination. So I personally want to focus in on that because where uh, right now it's imagination and things that are being exalted, where people are exalting and putting themselves as opposed to what God's word says. So when you don't know what the word of God says, and you're not uh, privy to understanding what he's talking about. The enemy could exalt himself through, and what happens is, let me say this, so right now, many of our our people, I won't say young people, our folks, period, old and young, are being, being brought into this arena through imagination, through sights, through eyes. So what they're seeing, images, that's it, that's the key. So what they're seeing and what's being presented before them is what they're trying to become. And so they have no idea who they really are. And so it's these imaginations, these things that they're in high places that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God. So it's, again, it's knowledge, knowing God, having an understanding of who he is and what his word says that can help organize our lives. So, so could it be, could it be, it says there are things in the world that exalt itself like 
against the knowledge of God. So these things out here to prevent a person from getting to know God, to know about Him, or even be intimate with Him. So when we look at all the things on the social landscape, they are by design taking people away from um, even knowing about God. I was talking to a young kid the other day. They couldn't even tell me who told me. Peter says, and that's, that's important, both both aspects. He said, God places great importance on your mind. And he created you in such a way that you will always move in the direction of your dominant thoughts. Mm. The Bible says, and Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as you think in his heart, so is he. What and how you think affects every area of your life. So everything just spoken here is, is right there is what God has really directed us. We have to protect our mind because that's the issue of life right here. So so then one of one of the weapons of our warfare would be our conscious thoughts, our focus. Where, where are we focusing our 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 attention on purpose? What are we on purpose thinking about? And I think it would be interesting. Think about what we're thinking about. In my thoughts, so that's big areas, and that's what's going on now. So our young people, our people, period, are being bombarded through social media, through all the different venues that we have, and through and those back those images, those images are coming apart. All of us compounding and building them up, and they're literally seeing this uh, repetition on a daily basis. These are the things that are happening in effect. And, and as we talk, the word of God is clear that these are the things that are affecting you on a consistent basis. It makes it very difficult for watching uh, a world. Uh, I thought a couple of weeks ago, I heard you say, How is it a three year old could be angry? And I would I would sit, eventually say to you, What is he seeing? What is he, what are the images that are being portrayed before him? Those very things, what he sees is what he also acts out. You know, this week I, I spoke and, and uh, spoke about how when I grew up, growing up in my neighborhood, we didn't recognize that we were in poverty because there was so much love. We were able to do some of the things that we were doing in our neighborhood, but until we got older and we were able to recognize that the situation wasn't what. It's, it was perceived, you know, because our thoughts began to change on what we were seeing. So that began to shape our lives and our perspective differently on how we dealt with, with the situation we were in. Because when I was growing up as a young man, I enjoyed being outside. I enjoyed being in my neighborhood. I enjoyed my, the, the surroundings that I had. But as I got older, I looked at it as a deterrent instead of just looking at it as a way up instead of just being able to move out of it. However, but my thought pattern changed from being a young man to an older man because I began to see things differently. And that's what we're seeing right now with so many of these kids because they need to see it at a young age because they don't have that peace that we had at a young age. When we were growing up, so neighborhood ain't as safe as it as they were before we were born. We can go outside and be outside until the lights went out. These kids can't go out there and do that. They don't know nothing.
state board. They don't know nothing about playing in the park and playing freeze tag and all these other games that we play growing up. So they lost that innocence. And also, too, you have to think about the, the um, children. Uh, parents are afraid to have their children out right now because of the safety of the shoes. You know, the kids are sitting outside trying to play in the yard. Next thing you know, one of the kids hit by a ball. I mean, we have to face that more than we do. So listen, we have a question from our audience, and so if we could just take that question um, and see. Go ahead. Um, the word also the word also says we need to be brought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. What method do you have to bring yourself captive? I mean, I but what method can you use to bring you have your soul? How do you bring yourself captive to those doctrines? So one of the things over here is it talks about the thought process. It talks about obedience and disobedience. And so understanding and having the knowledge of God. So until we get some knowledge, it may not be depending on where people are, you may not have all of the knowledge, but you have some some knowledge. So we and then an inner ability of right and wrong within us as well. And so what's happening is when those thoughts arise will come up. Bringing it into captivity is addressing, not letting it linger, but actually calling it out to bring it in. So that's one thing I do is actually identify and call it a law, and identify that, and then speak to that 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 particular thought. To you know, to let you know I'm in charge and I'm aware. I mean, let's let me give you a perfect example. We can sin. I overeat. And my thought is sitting there in the middle of the night at twelve o'clock, getting up. And have a rib sandwich. I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your house. But my point of saying that is, is you know, that thought, bringing it in. No, that's not healthy. It's like we're sitting on myself in the middle of the night. You know, you gotta, I'm doing something very simple, but it goes on because it gets deeper than that. Um, and there's so many people, everything begins with a thought. Let me, let me add to that because of our thoughts. I mean, we have a whole bunch of thoughts. I, I read one where I think it's over 10,000, it's more than that. I forget the number, but it's a large number of thoughts that every person thinks a day. It's not the thoughts that come and go that have that impact, it's the thoughts that come and stay. It's what we dwell on. So, one of the things that I've learned to do to capture a thought is to begin to speak the contrary. So, if there's a temptation or if a thought comes to do something that I know is wrong. And I, I'm seasoned, I've been around, I got a strong relationship with God, I got a strong prayer life, but I still get thoughts. And so, and so what I'm learning how to do is to begin to speak out loud um, the, the contrary to the thought of what God's will is, and that kind of dissipates the thought. Here's, here's what the word says it's bringing it into captivity. The word captivity is capturing it and putting it in a good lock. And bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience. So now bringing the disobedience or the thought that's against it into a place to try to get it to line up with God's word. Okay, that's what's so important. That's why I, you know, I'm going to keep going back here. And tonight, really, one of the biggest things in the last five years of my life that I've been talking about is knowing God. Getting to know God is the key and the essential. Spiritual warfare, my daily walk, but knowing God will get me to know what I will need to navigate through life and to 
challenges that we face on a daily basis. I personally, without that, could not do what I do and be who I am without the navigation tools that God has given me through his word. And so, you know, one of the things, again, I, I, I want to emphasize, we moved away from the knowledge of God. We moved away from knowing the word. We moved away from, you know, being God-centered. All those things that moved away. But I am glad that God is still on the throne. God's still where he said he would be. God's still interested in us uh, submitting and committing ourselves to him. And God still committed and submitted to us to succeed and be victorious. Television stuff. We have television, 
but it's imagery you know, gripping enough from a perspective of not watching children. And again, why? Because it's important what we're allowing them to visually see. Because here again, it's clearly said, imagination is thought. And that's exactly what's getting our children over because if I see a show or something that makes it look like, you know, the guy is popular because he's saying a few things and he looked in a certain way and then he's driving, a, you know, a fat car or something of that nature. So the imagery that they're getting right. is that this is what's successful, this is what's popular, you know, so this is what's good. And so in their image, I'm going to go this far. It becomes their God. This is what they see. And so we have a, a challenge. And let me speak to the parent, to the person to see. Like the challenge is to present and to constantly be presenting before our kids what a biblical perspective and view looks like. Okay? And, and, and that's that's something we have to do. And it starts with us. But let me ask this question on that note because we can model a godly life. God the Father, God the Mother, and all that. But then they have their devices. How how do we because if it's coming in through our eyes and through our ears, I mean, it's very hard to block what they can watch. You can and every show and you can't block every moment. This is where so you're there. This is where our battle is. Right. So the battleground in the 21st century is not where it was a decade ago. Okay. Because technology has advanced. Yeah. But where we have to be, we're going to need, I'm convinced that God is still God. I'm convinced that God is still on the throne. True. So we have to seek his face and his direction on how to minister, how to get through, how to communicate uh, to him. I personally, I just came back, uh, set my whole staff down, everybody, and said, this is the priority, the mission of who we are. If we're going to be empowered and equipped to be kingdom centric, they need to know what that looks like, not just what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. So if we model it, we have to show it, then we have to take them back. And I just get went back to, I'm taking everybody back to the ABCs. And we go back to the basic foundational thing. And then, I mean, I just ordered a ton of resources. Why? We're, we're counteracting. I am not going to stand around and I'll tell you parents. And those that are spiritual warfare to battle against our children, by the way, he's going after them younger and younger and younger. That is by design. Yeah. This is not an accident. And what's happening is we've been sleeping too long. So so this is something I just sent. And this was two, two days ago. I sent out on the text to my friends in New York and they sent the same thing. I sent this to I said, we have to make sure that we are covering our family. God's truth, because that is what is going to get them through these trying times to come. There are so many influences out there that if we don't have a strong foundation, if they don't have a strong foundation, they can be led down the wrong path. And that doesn't mean, that doesn't make them bad, as the world says. However, it can make it a lot harder in their life. Let me say you again, um, I need to make sure that the, the question, the person that asked the question, has some clarity and voice and, and direction because I, I want this to be meaningful and to hear it according to the word. It says, 
by the pulling down of a stronghold. So we got to recognize, and once we start to know that so strongholds are known, those battle places that he has fortified into a place, whether it's strongholds like in God, but strongholds could be a number of things, and there are those those things that lead the way. Um, and so, if it's in sexuality, and um, if it's in uh, you knowing who yourself is, so all those things. If it's constantly being blurred, and we don't intersect and pull it, we we adults, we families, we ministers, we need to be identifying those strongholds so that we can go after them. And even particularly point them out to our audience where they are. You yes, said sir. a key thing was, uh, you know, where we are today. I, you and I didn't have to battle with social media uh, where we're seeing uh, sex, drugs, and violence. Right. I mean, there was a game that came to me today and said, and, and I'm bad in this game. The kids wanted to play it when they on their phones or something when they were going through breaks or at lunchtime. And if you don't do something, it shoots you and kills you. You know, I'm thinking. What advantage? Right. Uh, what are we saying there? What are we saying? And if we, if we don't grab and get a hold of that to share with our kids why this is uh, unhealthy. And, and I, so this casting down imagination, they already see that. Now I got to go in and intersect and try to bring that stronghold down because otherwise that's what's happening. So we're desensitizing them and they don't even recognize that they're dead. So, so in order to do that, we have to be uh, proactive, active, and preactive. So, so you can't you can't be um, casual. We have to be intentional and proactive about the war. If we know we're in a war, that means we got to be ready to fight. Wise is the servant, harmless is the dog, which you all away. I, I, I'm angry and mad at the devil. We're in spiritual warfare, and I'm tired of seeing. Too many, so many victims um, and casualties happen to our young people, our children, and, and people in general. People feeling that this was not the kingdom that God was talking about. We came to preach and teach the kingdom. We got to get to seeing that to let them know we understand. That's not the one he was talking about. And then the other thing, if I may, I don't want to dominate the conversation, but another thing is we have to be unafraid to be politically incorrect. We, we're going to have to be, we're going to have to come strong with it. We might have to offend somebody. We might have to impose a standard on people if we're going to be able to stop what the devil's doing. Because he's imposing it. Oh, you can just listen to the radio. You see a billboard, a magazine. He's imposing it everywhere you are. So we're going to have to fight back this in the way. That's, that's exactly right what you're just saying there. I mean, we were talking about earlier today about. How everybody conforms instead of us and as preachers or others standing up for what is said in this book. I mean, and, and it's it's commonplace. You can see it. And what, what are the leaders in Philadelphia? Why aren't they out trying to do something about what's going on? Because they can just conform to what is going on instead of setting boundaries and teaching those boundaries to the children. Uh, that brings me to something I just looked up in Proverbs 4, where it's, it's entitled Advice to Young People. And um, they say, My child, listen closely to my teachings and learn common sense. My advice is useful, so don't turn away. I mean, 
mean, the children today don't have, they come from broken homes. They don't have that adult figure. They don't have um, somebody to show them what common sense is. I mean, they go about doing something, they don't know what right and wrong is. Well, how do we get them back to that place where they need to know what right and wrong is? You know, my sister, she does counseling in for uh, troubled teens. And that was something that she said. The reason I feel so important to me that we get kids that are 15, 16 years old, she said, the sad truth they have no common sense. She said, common sense will, it's just their thought patterns are just so loopy that they can't even focus in on, on what's being spoken to them. And a big part of that is the social media aspect of it because it, it's, it's, you don't have to pay too much attention to it. You know, so, so, so many kids are suffering from that attention deficit where they can't sit still for a minute or they can't focus in on one thing. They go from one thing to another thing to another thing to another thing where they never really focus it in. And I, I believe this is something that's big that's happening now. We, we have suffered too. You know, and, and one of the things that we do in dealing with strongholds and high plateaus, and I'm dealing with um, the arms of God. And I tell you, if someone gives you the wrong story, they're trying to tell you to do something wrong. What part of the wrong are you doing? One of the big things that I can tell you, how to start this You know, so to protect the mind. As God said, that's where that's where things happen. Here it says, it says, strongholds are the result of wrong thinking beliefs that take root in your life. They are contrary to God's thoughts and are most often inspired by the enemy. Enemies lies. Lies you believe about yourself, God, and others. And they give the enemy a stronghold on your actions, behaviors, and habits. The more strongly you believe, the stronger Can I ask you a question here? He says the temptation is great. Please talk more about best practices and effective Christian methods to help avoid and to encounter them. And one of the things is um, because all in our relationship with God, we praise and worship and prayer. Praise and worship is particularly effective because um, Psalm 22 says God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we begin to praise God, those praises shift the atmosphere in the presence of God for them. And then those things that are unlike God begin to receive. Yeah, it goes back to like what you said as far as something to compare it to. You know, and that's where that transformation come in of the mindset. You know, when I was in the world, I thought like the world. But now I have a relationship with so my thought pattern is totally different. And, and that's, that's what's important. I think that's what's missing because even, even though I was in the street, my family gave me the foundation of God's word. Even though I didn't have a relationship with him, they did. And that was transferred to me even though I didn't have a personal relationship. But it was in that atmosphere. So I benefited from it. And what's happening now, there's no, there's not, it's not in that Sphere of the household like it, like it should be because when I wasn't praying for myself, somebody else was praying for me. And right now, we don't have enough people praying for 
his children. You know, <clears throat> I think the question again going back to that. Now I want to make sure that we are impressive in helping people get to where they are. And I believe the answer is in the Bible. The answer is in the Bible. But we gotta keep pointing them to the world. We gotta keep pointing back to the world. Because if I continue to do what I've always done, I will continue to get what I've always got. And then so I won't change. The same thing back, I heard it um, with Brother Bill. Listen, my heart goes out because we 
gone away from the place where our answers are, thinking they're somewhere else. The treasure is not, you know, the cartoon when we used to watch it, where the axe is right there, you know, while the guy only was going to where the axe is. Okay, that's not where the treasure is. But the treasure he found out, they got that brick one while he got set up, and then something dropped on him, or something came. But the answer is right here. And we got to go back to the basic fundamentals. We don't have to know Genesis and Revelation. But you need to find out what the plan of creation in your life is right here. And, and another, another um, effective weapon of our warfare is the desire to be with God. Righteousness is a weapon against wickedness. And so when you have it, you, you want to be. You might not know how. But you have the desire to, that can overcome you as well. And I think, and I think the other um, positive tool would be, um, and I might like to speak from um, repetition, repetition and reinforcement. Why well, do we keep talking? Commitment. Commitment. We have systems. We have to be committed to to this word and to um, send that same particular vibe to our children. And we have to be committed, and if we're committed, we continue repet repetitive, and they eventually will get it. I always want to say the same thing. What the children see, they, they, they repeat. So if you have parents that they are the children are watching, that's what they will repeat. That's what they will tell you. Y'all remember my dad said, don't do this, don't do what I do, do what I say. Man, I couldn't wait to try with him. You see what I'm saying? Because that's what I saw. I think, well, it was, and he didn't go in or think, I'll do that. But that's right. But we got to make sure, again, this energy, what are we presenting for them? And, you know, um, I even believe, let me go here. Let me focus. All of y'all are part of the church, and so am I. Right? I don't even want to be interchanging what we were giving to the church with Papa. And saying, you know, we really have to be careful about, because we were talking about programs and our agenda, and not about our church. We moved away from that big, and that's, and again, uh, you know, and I'm part of it. So I, I, this is one of the things that I'm willing to take a stance on. This is, no, I'm going back to the basics. I'm pointing people to Jesus. I'm pointing people to the Word of God. And I'm telling you, the Word works. I'm going to keep on working this work until I can't work it no more. And you know what? We've been talking about how do we get somebody else, how do we get the children, how do we get the community to begin to be God and begin this work. But I think it starts with doing it myself. I mean, you know, the bottom line is I'm the only one who's going to ever stand for God, before God, for my community. Not my wife, not my kids, not my grandkids, not my mother, each individual. So, you know, I think um, if we were to model godliness, we have to be godly. We have to fix ourselves before we can walk. So, so one of the things I do to try to accomplish that is I said, I said, I, I, you can't fix yourself. That's okay, correct. You, you can't God, fix yourself. We need God to fix it. Okay. But, but what I do is ourselves, we would have been fixed a long time ago. I wouldn't be wrong. That's why I want to ask that question. But, but one, of the, one of the key tools that I use personally is that I put boundaries around myself. 
and I have accountability partners. And I have things that, because I know the Bible says the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I said, I give no occasion to the flesh. This is a strategy. I put boundaries. I don't go places by myself too much. You know, I, my wife is with me or, or other, other uh, brothers or whatever. You know, not to say that my walk, I'm going to just walk with the reservation going on down some rabbit trail. What I'm saying is a part of my strategy is I set boundaries around myself for purpose. And I, and I desire to do it right. So the boundaries that I set are commensurate to <laughs> the boundaries that I set reflect the standard that I want to live. So this, this is a question I have for you because when, when I'm a layman, I'm going to portray a layman that don't know any better. Now, for you, <laughs> you were able to set those boundaries because you recognize your weakness. I don't know my weakness. I don't know these areas that I'm not. I, 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 I think everybody recognizes you. You know well, you, you didn't made your up. mark in the you line. Know you up. I could know, I could know, but I say, I that's true. Right, that's true. So, so, so for, for, for the layman out there, for the people who don't know, because I have people, when I was in the street, my mom said, boy, you can't even know what you're doing, you know, that's what you have. I heard that. I heard that. And that was a prophecy. And you heard it, but you said, not me. That's the mentality that the young people are saying is that not, not me, it's not happening. But we see it over and over again. You know, again, being dumbed out in Jesus. But we get here about these things. How do we how do we do this? And I'm telling you, I just really believe we've made two things too complicated, too complex, where now it doesn't make sense to anybody. To how to get to the basic points. And I'm telling you, I think all, I'm just keep hearing God make the simplicity and taking it back to the basic foundation, fundamental things, sharing who Christ is, why he died, what he came for, and how do I get young people, old people? Because by the way, y'all all know there's no such thing as a junior Holy Ghost or a senior one. Just one. Right? So we got to figure it out because it's happening old. That old age. Here's your question for you, Doc. So, you reckon, would you, um, have you noticed or seen that there are believers who actually love God, but that have strongholds in their lives? Mm -hmm. and they have issues and things that take them away from God's standard? Right. Because, according to the scriptures, according to the word, here we go. It says, it says, listen. Casting down imagination. Well, the word number one that comes up, pulling down strongholds. Right. So they allow the strongholds to reside and stay in place because they think in their mind they got a handle. I can handle this. So listen to this. It says strongholds just don't just sit in your mind doing nothing. They produce action, behaviors, and habits. That no matter what you try, seem impossible to get rid of. It is like being on a boat that is filled with water. You can grab a bucket and work really hard to get the water out of the boat, but the water is not the problem. You know how many people I have talked to in my life who tell me that they want to do this, but their actions do that. Come on. And so when I see that, so faith without works is dead. We're going to get to that question. We've got to be here. This 
God was trying to tell me in this in this word. And one thing that I have to tell everybody is, is that you cannot have obedience until you have faith. And that's the most important thing here. I went through this, and until I learned that fact, I, you cannot have obedience without faith. I believe faith is the most important. And that you have to have that in order for you to get through. I know that's what I had to learn before I got through what I got through. So, so faith isn't a religion. Faith is what we're talking about. It's tied to a verb and a noun. Relationship. And through that faith and that relationship, but also it can't just be a belief. That's to be also tied to action. So faith, I believe, is the most important thing any of us can have. I can provide this thing more important gift as well. But I can't even love without faith. That's right. Everything in me, the Bible. And we again, our faith and belief is in so many other systems that we are no conformity. And again, I just can't touch on this. I see it day in and day out. And I'm, I'm not talking about something magical. I'm talking about something that was laid out, practically designed and created in your life. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. It's there, and what happened is we, we're, we're, and I'm, I'm, 
Uh, I want to point those out so that we can stay with them and stay on them. And this is the most challenging thing is getting them to know it. Not the bees and the vow, but getting to know through the relationship with God that he loves me, he cares for me, and, you know, the state and shape that we may be in that exists in our world is not where he intended for me to stay. Pastor, you said something so important because I can remember when I first read the Bible, I mean, the book of the Bible, and there's a whole bunch of bees and vows. I couldn't understand anything that was saying. Like, I didn't have no comprehension of it. But as I've grown in my relationship with him, it becomes a new revelation. Even things that I've read before, I'm I what you just said. It becomes a new revelation. So the more I get into his word, the more closer I get in relationship, the more revelation I have. The same thing is with my wife, with my family. The more we're in, in, in reaction with them, interacting with them, the closer we intimacy. The more you said it, the more your relationship, look at the same word, the more your relationship closer you got the more revelation you got. Relation, revelation. Relation, revelation. He started clarifying and explaining. You can hear what it was. Again, so what it's that it, what it was, he said the word. So the answer is always in what it's designed and pulled out. So what are the common practices? Good. We just answered one. And I think one said, what would you call best practice? Developing relationships. So before we close, we don't allow each one of the ministers and pastors to share a closing remark. So we're going to start with you, Dr. Davis. Well, you don't want to start with me, you won't have no time left for anybody else. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I clearly want to say to you tonight, thank you for listening in to those of you who tuned in. We're here on purpose, and we're here because we have a desire, and I know uh, to, to be effective in this time where ministry and church and our relationship with God and relationship with one another has been um, changed, has been altered. But I want to remind everybody tonight that God is still on the throne. God has been through pandemics. God has been through challenges and troubles before in history and in life. But I'm saying, I want you to stay tuned and stay tuned because God is speaking today. And I believe as men of God, like ourselves and women, that are joining, joining us, who are willing to stand on the word of God to make a difference. And it's not, you know, it's not about, you know, what church we in or what church name it is. It is about serving a God that we all believe in. So I want to encourage you tonight to stay tuned and stay in and get, get tuned in to where God's about to take us. Because we're here to offer something that I believe can not only help ourselves, but help you too. God bless you. Amen. Um, I just want to tell you um, that if you really desire what is right, just desire to do the right thing. Just in spite of anything, do the right thing. And then if you spend time with God, be, be intentional to reserve time with God in your prayers and your worship of Him outside of church. Be intentional about that and have a prayer life and, and set boundaries around yourself. You know that the, the donuts are not for anyone in particular order between you and the donuts. When you do that, you will win. 
I just like to say to those people out there that you're not going to find the truth on who scores the most touchdowns in a football game. You're not going to find the truth, real truth, what Kim Kardashian or anybody on social media is going to do. The real truth comes from this Bible. And I'm asking today to, I was never in this position that I am in now. I was broke, busted, and disgusted. But I'm here now. And this is what got me here. And I'm Implore you to get a watch of the word. Amen. Amen. So, Pat, as everyone said here, the word is where it's at. And I'm going to end with the word. It said, Jeremiah 23 29. God says, Is not my word like fire, like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces? As you meditate on God's word, it will burn down, break apart the wrong thoughts and lies of the enemy that you. So we got to get more to the word. Trust God's word. As every pastor and minister here said, the, as soon as we began to meditate on God's word, things began to change in our life. We couldn't do it on ourselves. And we still can't do it on ourselves. It's everything because of us trusting our faith God and our relationship with him. And we looking to have a relationship with you so we can have a better relationship with God. And as we always say, the word is free. It doesn't cost a thing, but ministry does cost. And so if you have an opportunity and God puts on your heart to donate, to sow a seed, to tithe, you can do that. You can text FHWC, the word church, to 77977, or you can download our push pay app and go to uh, forward slash pay, FHWC, the word church. God bless you. We pray that this word has touched you tonight. And we look forward to seeing you on Sundays. We have service at 9 o'clock. And we also have service at 10.30. Come be a part of what we're doing, what God is doing here at Big Harvest. God bless you. Good night.